Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome into another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. It, of course, is an instant reaction to the Patriots' loss in the Meadowlands. This, of course, this episode is brought to you by uh, FanDuel, which is the official sports wagering partner of CLNS. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up today. Uh, Matt, it was an ugly, ugly game. But as I'm going to say, no matter what happened, there was only one song that could be played at the beginning of this instant reaction podcast playing in the Meadowlands against Tommy DeVito. Cue the goddamn music. Let's go. in the mood for a chicken cutlet right here. <laughs> Ooh, vodka That's what happens for dinner, Pat. I love it. Oh, man. What? Yeah. Right. Okay, that's, that's enough. What What a uh, what a show. It brings me back, man. Brings me back uh, to... I binge-watched that show fairly recently, I think, um, the last few years, and it, it's a hell of a show. I got, I got to watch The Sopranos. I'm way behind on my TV. It's incredible. Yeah. Watching, watching this Patriots team, though, like, it's not... This isn't like you're watching The Sopranos. This feels like that TV show that you love that's in season, like, seven, and the writers are out of ideas. And, you know, it's supposed to be, like, the last season of the show. You mean, so like, you're gonna see, Yeah, you're going you're gonna to see it out through the last episode because you, you want to see what happens, and you put so much time and effort into it. But you're just kind of sitting down in front of the TV, putting it on, and just waiting for the episode to be over. That's the Patriots right now. Right, right. Look, people are... <laughs> You know, Chad Riley on this assignment, LFG, a top pick, top three pick, still secured. Bill O'Day playing chess, number two pick. <laughs> and listen, so I'm going to I'm gonna talk about this in a second, but uh, Knicks run the Eastern something, something, something. I'm not sure what the whole thing says, but uh, I'm with him. I'm with him. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's, it ain't happening. Mac Jones sucks. Bailey Zappi sucks. They all suck. They're all terrible. Will Greer. Will Greer is terrible. Like, I know people are like, oh, Will Greer. Will Greer is terrible. He's an awful quarterback. We know this. We've seen him play. He's really bad. Malik Cunningham should be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. I just don't – like, why not? Because you can't throw the ball anyways. You literally can't throw the ball. Mac Jones can't make a good throw. Bailey Zappi, you know, look, man. Bailey Zappi – I mean, I just, I just read it to you, right? But, like, you know, if you – if you if you head over to uh to my guy uh who is it that I was saying had the uh the Nesson guy Zach, Zach Cox. Cox so Zach Cox had a had a tweet about um about his um what the hell why isn't he come up um Zach Cox had a tweet about Bailey Zappi okay and this is this isn't the whole game but Bailey Zappi's 
Air yards per completion. Negative three, negative five, negative four, five, one, negative three, negative two. He's not throwing the ball past the line of scrimmage. And, and when he and, finally did, it gets picked. Right? Like if he finally threw it behind the line, past the line of scrimmage, it gets picked off. He goes into triple coverage in a place that you're just like, what in the world was he? How would he ever think that that was going to be a good pass? And then Bobby O'Karake knocks on the pass on third down. And if he didn't knock that pass down, Deion Banks is undercutting that route. It was going to be another interception. So it's just one of those things where it's like they're both bad. And at this point, I don't understand, and we've talked about this before. I talked about it with Keegan this week. We talked about it after after the Colts game. I just don't understand how you can continue to put Mac Jones in the game. Unless you're actively trying to lose games. I just what have you seen from Mac Jones that makes you think that he can win you games? Because I have seen yeah. nothing from him. When he's He's gotten worse with every game this season. Yes. Remember week one? Remember week one when the Patriots had three touchdowns against a team that just went to the Super Bowl right. and looked right. like they they almost were able to complete a game-winning drive? Like, remember that, Mac Jones? I'm not sure if he does. Uh, I know. And that was two months ago, like two and a half months ago. Right. Uh, watching him fall like this is crazy, and you just can't you can't trust him out there. And I mean, yeah. you can't trust Zappy. You can't trust. You can't trust any of the guys you're putting out there. But you know, I think it's pretty clear that Mac is not the guy, and you can't be a guy who's playing like that, yelling at your teammates, even if they're messing up, which it looked like they were. You just can't be that guy. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't know if I'm on board with Cunningham, but I think it's got to be somebody other than Mac from here on out. I think you probably give Zappy a couple games here. Interesting. Right. The other thing is, you are kind of not. I mean, you're you're not trying to lose games, but you're you're trying to lose games. Um, and I mean, what I are the explanations do you probably, have? Zappy's yeah. probably your best option for that right now as a guy who can make this look somewhat competent, but and like give you a chance to evaluate your players, but also yeah. uh, he's going to lose you games. Cunningham's not even on the roster, so they would need to <laughs> sign him and free up a roster spot if that's what's going to happen. Which you know. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys on this roster who are just bodies. It wouldn't be hard for them to cut somebody and bring him up. But yeah. Um, well, and so just, this is yeah. yeah. And look, this is my. So there are two quotes here, right? Two two things that I want to bring up. One of them is Ashley. Ashley J said both are not good, but Zappy's a better player. And then the other one was a little bit earlier. Charlie Foxtrot here said, "Does Mac have the yips?" And so this is so this is my thing. I think that Mac is a better player than Bailey Zappy. I mm-hmm. think in practice you see that he's a better player than Bailey Zappi. If you were going to sit at practice, and we're not watching practice anymore, but like if you were going to sit at practice and watch a full practice, you would look at it and say, Mac Jones is making the right read. He's making the right throws. He's commanding the offense better than Bailey Zappi is. And you'd say, okay, you know, Zappi's fine. He does okay, but he just doesn't look as smooth as it does with Mac Jones. But then when Sunday rolls around and you get real bullets flying, and you got actual defenders coming at you that can hit you. Billy, for whatever reason, Mac Jones just completely loses his mind. And whether he has the yips or whether he, I don't know what the reason is, but it's awful. It's awful. And, and you can't do it. And so, like, no matter what happens in practice, we've seen enough now in the games where we just, we can look at it and just say, man, 
he can't get it done on Sunday. He can't. No. I'm sorry. And it's yeah. Well, you know? I think and, I think the most eye-opening thing was you watch Bailey Zappi have much better pocket presence than Mac Jones. Yep. And that was one of the things that was supposed to be a strong point of his, and it's just it's gone. And whether it's the yips or development or himself or you know whatever whatever we want to say that's doing it, he has it's gone. And yeah. Zappi can move around better in the pocket. So I think, you know, when it comes to, I think in some ways, the single most important thing for this offense for the rest of the way is evaluating the offensive line. I don't even think you can do that with Mac Jones right now because he is so unpredictable back there and has no feel for what's going on. Yeah. Zappy at least has some degree of feel for what's going on there. And th- that's the other issue with Cunningham. I-, I I like the idea of bringing him up, but if you're doing that and it's going to be all QB run, then you're kind of wrapping it up on evaluating your pass blocking for the year right here at Thanksgiving. And I think, you know, we got to see what we got in these guys because you're trying to figure out who your offensive line is going to be next year. So, I mean, I would go Zappy for that reason. And, you know, you, As, you look uh, at the standings standings right now. If Arizona is able to beat the Rams today, the Pats are going to be in the driver's seat for the number two pick. And then it'll be it's the Bears that, via the Panthers there at number one. And then a whole bunch of teams with three wins. So if the Patriots were to lose out, they'd be guaranteed the number two pick. And depending on what the Panthers do, you know, you might be able to get the number one overall pick. That's true. That, by the way, as uh, as uh, Jacoby Myers just scored another touchdown for the uh, for the Raiders, but um, nevertheless, I just you know look, it's it's a situation for me that I just I it makes it drives me crazy, right? It drives me crazy watching the games. And again, it's you know, I really do think it has something to do with with that. But one of my big things for me is that look at what the way Billy Zappi played today. He didn't play great. He was fine. He was fine, right? He threw a really bad interception. He threw a few other almost interceptions. And he made some nice plays. But when he comes out and plays with confidence, the team can feel that, right? The team can feel that he's playing with confidence. And then they play with more confidence as well. And so, like, you see Ramondre running harder. You see guys making blocks for longer. You see him avoiding guys and making throws and guys making plays in, in the passing game, right? Like, you see these things happening. That just frankly weren't happening with Mac Jones. And it's like, okay, the offense is watered down and it's not, but, but like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, the guys play better when Bailey Zappi's on the field and, and they just look better. The, the players yeah. look better when, when Bailey Zappi's on the field. He's not I doing think, anything different. It's just, I think, I think a lot of that has to do with two things. One, when the quarterback gets benched and the backup comes in, everybody else is like, oh, we better, uh, we better Maybe, tune yeah. our games up here. I also think you brought up the stat about how far he's throwing the ball down the field. It's easy to play with confidence when every single play is one read, throw it to a guy who's 10 feet from you. And I think we saw this last year too, because Zappi mostly played bad defenses where they could win with simple game plans. Yeah. And when it's a simple game plan, I think everybody has more confidence. I think it's clear everybody in this offense and that's, you know, Mac included, but not just yeah. him. Doesn't know what's going on with the Bill O'Brien, you know, complicated offense and didn't know what was going on last year. And, you know, we saw all the mental errors in 2021, too, with McDaniels there. Uh, you know, Aguilar and Johnny Smith were the guys we blamed at the time. But I'm starting to think it really is just the players, regardless of the coaching, and that these guys 
need to be in a simple offense and a simple offense can get you a touchdown or drive or two. It's just not sustainable over the long run, which is perfect for what the Patriots need for the next month and a half as they go for the number one overall pick. Right. But um, yeah, no, the season's over. I, I said this on Twitter, but I'll, I'll say it again here. None of these quarterbacks should be in the room next year. None of these guys should be in the building. Right. You, it should be th- probably three or four new quarterbacks when we come out for training camp in July. Like that's, you can't, you can't trust any of these guys. You need new leadership too. I think emotionally for whoever's yep. going to be there. And it's just, you're going to have to tear it all down. And I agree. the result, the result of knowing that now is that you're going to go the next six weeks with lame duck quarterback play where mm-hmm. no, it doesn't, I mean, we can debate this all we want, but it's not going to matter at the end of the day. I don't think any of us thinks that any of these options are going to become a franchise quarterback. So, well, and that's, that's the thing is that it just you can't win with these guys. You just you can't. You cannot win with these guys. And look at I know their receiving core isn't that good. I know that their skill players aren't aren't good enough and that their offensive line is okay but not great. But at the end of the day, I, I just I don't understand when like you can't win with Mac Jones. You can't. And we've seen that. Like you cannot win with Mac Jones. You just can't. Like, he was supposed to win, supposed to win with his mind. The The idea behind Mac Jones is that he was the guy that could see things pre-snap, make the right read post-snap, get the ball to the guy, to the open guys, confuse defenses, and, you know, and, and make plays. Not like Tom Brady, but similar to what Tom Brady used to do, where Brady would, you know, mentally understood the game so well. That was... That was the whole thing about him, right? But I, I don't I don't understand. Like we don't see that from him at all. He almost always makes the wrong read. He makes awful throws. Like so often. It's it's just bad. And he and he just and again, like I think he's it looks like he has zero confidence. Like you just watch him in yeah. the watch him play. It's just he looks yeah, like he's like struggling out there on every single play. He's completely broken. Uh, you know, pocket presence is gone. And I, I'm going to be honest. I was somewhat skeptical of some of the the X's and O's football knowledge coming out of Alabama. Not that you're dumb coming out of there, but the tape showed a guy who was making a lot of throws on his first read because it's Alabama and he had some of the best receivers in the country to throw to. Right. And I think now that he's put in more difficult situations in the NFL, you know, his mind is not able to do that at NFL speed. It just, it just can't handle that. He looks like a rookie out there mentally right now, still in year three. Um, and the mechanics also have just, they've never been fantastic, but they've gotten worse now with every single year. So it's all falling apart. Um, yeah. And yeah, we, we came into the season thinking that Mac Jones could be, you know, a Kirk cousins level guy here. And I, what I will say is I think in some ways, this is it's better for the direction of this organization that this happened and it went this way than if he stayed at the quarterback play we got last year. Because if it's the quarterback play you got last year, you end up in a Daniel Jones situation where you feel like he might be something, so you gotta pay him, but nobody really feels good about that. Then you'd rather I mean, obviously the best case is that he's the franchise quarterback, but if he isn't, the next best is that I think you wanna you, know you know you enough know that to he's not. fully tear it down. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um 
And so, you know, we'll see. It's so funny. The chat's going crazy right now. People are yeah. people are shouting about the fact and, that people I, are defending Mac Jones. No one's defending him. There's not one person yeah, defending Mac Jones. These, all these dudes. <laughs> and it's like Zappy. Zappy played better than Mac, and the offense looked better with him out there. But they got exactly one touchdown drive and one other drive that could have been scoring in a, right. one of the worst interceptions. I mean, and, Zappy's thrown some of the worst interceptions we've seen this year. So he's not, he's not good. He just is a different brand of bad that Matt, than Mac yeah. Jones that I think right now lets you see what's going on with the other guys a little bit better. Right. And KT, you did not hear that, right? No, I did, I did not say at one time. I didn't say he played well because he didn't play well. He does play with a little bit more confidence than, than Mac Jones has he right plays, now because Mac Jones he has plays zero with, confidence. Zappy plays with too much confidence. <laughs> yes. That's his issue. Right. He needs but I do, to, I do think it rubs yeah. off on the rest of the – I mean, I think that you see the players out there playing better. And whatever the reason was, I don't know what the reason is, right? And it could be like you said that the quarterback gets benched and you're thinking, oh, shit, we better play better, right? Or else we're going to get benched too. Or maybe they just think – well, now that Mac is out, we gotta, you know, we have to play harder because we have to back a quarterback instead of the starting quarterback. Or maybe who knows what the reasoning is, but you just you get more out of your guys when Zappy is your quarterback than when Mac is. And like mm-hmm. doesn't make sense, but it happens. So like I don't know what the reasoning is. Yeah. Well, I think uh, all looking at this big picture too. Um, and I think when we look at kind of the failures in the offense since 2019. And even when Tom Brady was here, I think one of the the way one of the ways the offense was always so successful with Brady was that Brady was so smart at understanding the game and also so good at teaching the other players and getting them on the same page with him that they could run these incredibly complex offenses where players have to hold a lot of information in their heads at one time and then go out there and make the plays. And I think that to an extent they're trying to do a lot of the same stuff now and it's just too much for these guys. Um, And it's not like that. That's also on some of the receivers. I think that's one of the reasons it looks better when it's simple because these guys are, you're, you got a lot in your head that you're trying to figure out. And then also when they break it down to their simple concepts, you know, a lot of it's the same, the same stuff over and over again. And it has been since 2021 with McDaniels. I mean, that, Go back to early in the game, Devontae Parker getting targeted on that slant when he was one on one and, you know, almost picked off and he slips on it or whatever, never had a chance. You know why that never has a chance? Because basically every single time that they, the Patriots get a receiver one on one over there, he's running a slant. That's every time that's what's going on. And if it isn't a slant, if he's doing something else, Parker's not that quick. So if the corner gambles and misses, he can recover and get back. And that's, this, this is that's where this offense needs some speed and needs some arm strength because yeah. nothing about it threatens you down the sidelines. Not the receivers, not the tight ends, not the quarterback, and the offensive line can't protect long enough to make it happen either. And you know that's if you can't attack down the sides of the field ever, you're going to have a really really tough time. Right. Well, and, I, and that's part of the reason why you know I don't know, but they're which by the way. All right, just to get off on a little tangent here, Jalen Hyatt is is the guy they wanted Tyquan Thornton to be. Yeah. They drafted Tyquan Thornton to be a speed guy who could push the ball down the field, you know, who, who would allow their quarterback to push the ball down the field and could win on comeback routes and deep routes and things like that. He can't do that. Jalen Hyatt can, 
he is that guy that the Patriots want to take one Thornton to be. So, and I don't even think uh, Hyatt hasn't even been that good for the Giants this year, right? No, he's he, had, he hasn't against, had many catches. He was just going against J.C. Jackson today, and right. Tommy DeVito made a couple nice throws. Which credit to Tommy DeVito? I mean, I thought he played a relatively decent game. You know, it's not like the Giants scored a lot, but um, I thought he was all right. He looked yeah. serviceable out there. Uh, he's a better backup quarterback than <laughs> the Patriots. Patriots have. <laughs> He's. I saw this tweeted earlier, and it's mind-boggling. Tommy DeVito, I think, is the best quarterback in New York right now who's healthy. Which is wild to think about. But, I mean, like, it's, it's pretty Tommy hard to argue against. It's Tim Boyle. Like. Right, it's pretty hard to argue against that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, the and uh, Charlie's just mentioning the, the officiating. I mean, I don't – the Pop Douglas play, I just don't understand how that's not a penalty. I just – it's a clothesline. Like it's it's a clear clothesline. Well, we you're, sit you're here and talk about player safety like and chest, but you can't do that to the head. You just can't hit guys. And if for whatever reason, if that was the correct call and that's not a penalty, then we should be changing the rule because you correct. shouldn't be able yes. to just do it. And that's second or third time this year we've seen a Patriots receiver get practically decapitated out there and no flag, no flags, yeah. which is a little bit frustrating to say the yeah. least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I wonder. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a fine on that this week, which is you know great, which but it doesn't great. put Demario Douglas yeah. back on the field. Correct, <laughs> and doesn't help you in that game either. Yeah, it's just it's um, just bad. It's just bad. And listen, people, you're right. People are correct in in wanting the Patriots to lose. Right, you want to see the Patriots lose at this point. There's no point in winning. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like. Um, what the the Jets in the last game of the season in 2020 won, right? And so they ended up with the number two pick instead of the number one pick, and they drafted Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence. Like it changes the trajectory of your of your team, right? Of your entire franchise. Now the Jacksonville won today; they're in first place in the AFC South. And meanwhile, Zach Wilson is on the bench again. This time, bench for a guy that like has never been a starter at any level. At any, well, not at any level, but at, at any point of his career in in the pros. And so, like you know, winning doesn't solve things right now. But I also believe you can't intentionally lose. You can't. No. You can't you tank to. because there's too many guys that want to win. And if you're if you're out here trying to lose games, like what happened at the end of the game today was unacceptable. I, I understand. I get it. I know you're in field goal range, but like they didn't even try. They didn't even try. To score a touchdown, like win the freaking game odds right there, and well, instead that, of trying to win the game, they went for the tie to go to overtime. Like, what the hell well, is that? And this is it's the you know the snowball effect of a bunch of things that yeah they probably should go for it, but also every single time they've asked Zappy to throw the ball more than a foot down the field, he's right. been throwing it right to defenders. Which so you feel true. like you have yeah. to play for the tie, and it's just. The whole thing is a losing strategy because you put yourself in that spot by mismanaging the personnel. And we That's talked true, for a while about how we talked this offseason about the youth movement. We're happy they got youth guys in there. Well, it turns out they were banked on young guys being good. and All the young guys think, you know, they sure do. Banking on Zappi being a bad quarterback. He can't do it. You're banking on Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris being backup running backs. They can't do it. You're banking on Tyquan Thornton being at least a backup wide receiver. He barely even looks like a guy who belongs on the yeah. NFL team out there right yeah. now. They're banking on Jack Jones being able to step up and be one of your starting corners. He is off the team now. Uh, who else? Who else is in here that I can name for this? All of them. Um, anyone? Anyone that you were banking on, on? 
Yeah, banking on uh, Antonio Maffi as a rookie to come in and at least be a good guard for you, backup guard, and he can't even be a backup guard for you right now. You don't feel comfortable with him out there. Basically, every single young player that you've asked to take on a bigger role here and play well has not lived up to it, and you just can't you can't build a team that way. That's the issue, and you know the veterans that they've signed haven't been good either. But that's a it's a different problem. If you're drafting guys who can't even give you competent backup level play, you got no you got no shot. Right. Yeah, it's just tough, man. And that's yeah. you know I feel like they've just they've missed. They've just missed and missed and missed and missed and missed. And that's just, it's my God, it's, it's bad, you know? And again, it's, it comes down to the reason why Bill Belichick is going to be out of here. And the reason why you can't, you just can't continue doing what they've done. Um, yeah. It was bad. And, was and really they bad. won't. Oh, here's the thing. I mean, after that, I think everybody sees the writing on the wall. It's been there for a while. And, it's only getting bigger and bigger there. There's no way that this continues into next year. It's going yeah. to be substantial changes of some kind. There's no way Kraft's okay with this. There's no way Bill is okay with this, but I don't think he's going to be around to see what happens next. And I think I think it's pretty clear you need a fresh voice of some kind, even if you know, I think Bill can still be a very good coach in this league. And I don't think he's totally lost it or anything, but I think you you need new ideas. You need a fresh voice emotionally as a leader in that room for those guys to connect with. Um, and, you know, it's, we're stepping into the abyss now. Welcome. I think that the post-Brady, post-Bill world is here. It's about to get very cold outside for the Patriots. And yep. we'll see if they can find ways to get through this. And, you know, it's you're going to have ammo here. You're going to pick high and you make the right choices. You can be right back in the NFL yeah, championship conversation in two, three, four years if you play your cards right. But, Every team is in that spot. You got to execute when you get there. And there's a lot of teams that get to that spot and mess it up. So that's right. your first step here. How do you not mess it yeah. up? Yeah, that's it. I agree. All right, let's do a quick ad, and then and then we'll just kind of finish up. We don't have too much longer to go here, but let's yeah. do a quick ad, and then uh, and then we'll come back. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. MA21 Plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pre-game money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. Um, yeah, I just, I don't even, I, look, it's ugly. It's as ugly as it's ever been for the Patriots, at least, at least in my lifetime, or that's not true, but at least it, that in my lifetime that I can remember, 
Uh, not in my lifetime because it's been pretty bad in my lifetime. Um, yeah. 1992, they went two and 14, and they were really, really bad. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things that people just – people forget those things. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they went two and 14. The Seahawks went two and 14, and they did a coin flip to see who get the first – and the Patriots got the first pick. So uh, that's why you ended up with Drew Bloods, not Rick Meyer, who won Rookie yeah. of the Year and then sucked over for the rest of his career. But um, nevertheless. Yeah. So – you know, but look, I mean, yeah. you see what one quarterback can do. The Texans were terrible last year. I mean, atrocious last year. They fired their coach. They hired D'Amico Ryans, a young coach who the guys like and respect. They they draft C.J. Stroud. They draft Tank Dell. They draft Will Anderson. And now, all of a sudden, I know they lost today because of because Matt Amendola attempted a 58-yard instead of a 57-yarder, but... But like they were close, they're right there. They're right on the edge of the playoffs immediately, right away. And so you need that. You need the change. You got to change, get rid of Bill, get rid of, you know, I, in my opinion, it can't even mail. You got to just, the whole coaching staff's got to go. Everyone's got to go. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I think there's, I could be on board with Mayo only because I think of how, how things have worked out there with D'Amico Ryan's down in Houston Mayo might be a similar but I think the, one of the things I think I do want to see here is a guy who's been in multiple spots I think, I think you ideally want a guy who's been a former player I think we've seen that work out pretty well right I, I, it's not it's not a must but I'd like to have it if that's there I think a must is a guy who's coached in multiple situations and has learned from multiple guys that's I think that's something that you want to bring in and then you know you you go from there and, and you figure it out I do want to say, I forgot to mention before, we were talking about, you know, counting on young players and rookies to step up. Didn't even mention Chad Ryland in that. And, yeah. you know, moving on from Nick Folk was absolutely the right move. He's a 39-year-old kicker who lost you games last year because he couldn't even reach the end zone on kickoffs. And teams were returning kicks on you all the time. Who was missing kicks short under 50 yards. You just, you can't, you can't bring a guy like that back. Like, you know he's not the guy. So you have to draft somebody. And, you know, we, I think we knew that there were – I don't know if Ryland's the guy or not. I think we knew there were going to be issues. Yep. And, you know, with young, young kickers, things happen. But uh, yeah, I think you'd like to see him play better than this. I also think you feel better about this. If, if he misses a kick and it's the difference between, you know, 6-5 and five and 5-6, five and six, you feel a little bit better about it than 2-8 and eight versus 2-9 and nine right now. Right, right now it just feels like another thing on the pile. Yeah, and but then people will argue as they as they have been doing, you know, that you need the draft pick. And so you, you don't need to win the game. And I get that. I will say Adam Vinatieri as a rookie in nineteen ninety six missed some really I mean, some really easy kicks. It was a Jacksonville game, I think, that I think they ended up winning, but he missed like four kicks and I think he ended up kicking the, the game winning field goal, but he missed a bunch of kicks in that game. I think he hit the game winning field goal in overtime, but like it was like the game shouldn't even been in overtime. He was like 0 for 3 kicking, and then he finally finally hit one uh, to win the game. But it just, you know, guys are going to struggle. That's going to happen. I think we've seen Ryan be up and down a little bit, a little bit inconsistent. Um, you know, but it's yeah. it's a situation that I think um, that bears watching for sure because you don't know if he's going to be your guy moving forward, yeah. right? So, and that's that's another uh, the other thing here too. You only have so many assets to go acquire new players and. Yep. You know, kicker's not usually going to be a huge use of assets. You're looking at a day three pick or minimal free agent money, but 
Yep. It would be nice if you can go into the future knowing you have your kicker and your punter locked up on cheap deals, rookie contracts for the next three years, and you should be able to keep them around after that and not have to worry about it. That would be a nice thing for the next guy to not have to worry about. And yeah. We can't say that comfortably yet. Um, so Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, Jim Nagy, by the way, just tweeted out, uh, QB dominoes already starting to fall in college football less than 24 hours after regular season ends. Wild, wild west in here. Uh, wild Wild West is here. I'm sorry. Wait till the reports start getting out. So now, Alrighty. Jim Nagy runs a senior bowl, mm-hmm. and so he may be getting information about guys, you know, transferring to other places. He may be getting information about some guys uh, thinking about going to the pro and some guys not, or what. I don't know. Um, but that is – that's really interesting to me um, for a team that – for a team that needs a quarterback, um, that's going to be that's going to be something the Bears watching because again, how you know how is, is that going to impact what the Patriots do? You know, and and who is going to be available when the draft rolls around? Right, is Kate Williams going to want to be around? And is what Kate I think, Williams I think stay? Drake May going to come out. You know what I mean? Like I, I think okay. those guys are going to come out, but I don't know. And I think the names to watch, J.J. McCarthy, Shadur Sanders, um, Quinn Ewers from Texas are the guys who yep. may or may not come out. You know, J.J. McCarthy is a guy who kind of liked it as a developmental guy in theory for a while. But the track record on quarterbacks who only started one year in college is not great. Yeah. And True. I think he's shown some real flashes. But for anybody who watched that Michigan-Ohio State game, you know, it's not like J.J. McCarthy's out there tearing it up no i they didn't trust him to either and i don't think i think that it's less to do with him and more to do with the offensive line i think they felt like they could just mull ohio state on the ground and we've seen them do this they've had issues with the pass protection but not with the run blocking so they just yeah. like to run the ball and it works so i don't think it's an indictment of jj mccarthy but he does not have a ton of experience and you know i like the tools and i like the upside and i like the mentality he has He's not a guy I feel comfortable with using. Feel comfortable using a high draft pick on from what we've no. seen in college. There's just I not agree. enough out there against high level teams. And talk about dominoes falling. He's a guy who I'd wonder if he would consider going back to college for mm-hmm. another year. Um, we'll see. Uh, Michigan presumably with a win next Saturday, we'll be getting some some playoff looks here, and he'll get opportunities against bigger opponents, and mm-hmm. that could change things. But. Well, and Ewers is an interesting case because you have to think with Arch Manning, you got to think Ewers is not going to be the quarterback at Michigan at uh, Texas next year, right? Arch Manning is there. You got to assume he's going to start. And so if Ewers doesn't want to come out, he's going to have to leave and go somewhere else, right? I mean, because what choice does he have? You know, the Texas is going to be like, hey, buddy, like we're starting, we're starting Manning next year. If you're here, fine, you can be his backup, but you're not playing. And so if he doesn't want to come out to the NFL because he thinks like there are some things I have to still fine tune in my game, then he can, you know, he can look at it and say, no, I'm going to stick in another year. I'm going to transfer somewhere else as opposed to staying in Texas. So, you know, a lot of decisions need to be made by those guys. Shador Sanders, like you said, is an interesting case. Like, does he want to stay in? He's a guy I think is going to stay in because I think he and his dad both feel that he wants to be a top 10 pick. He's not going to be a top 10 pick this year. Almost guaranteed he's not going to be a top 10 pick this year. Travis Henner has to stay another year. You have an you know, all-world wide receiver out there, right? And so, 
you have an all-world wide receiver. Your dad's the coach. Your team's getting better. You got to assume that your offensive line is going to be a little bit better next year too. And so you say, let's stick it through one more year, try to get some Heisman buzz, and then try to be a, you know a top ten pick next year, and, and you know and come out next year with Travis Hunter at the same time. I just you know, but that's an interesting question: Is Shador Sanders going to come out or not? And so those those questions, and of course, there's a long way to go with that stuff. But it is interesting to kind of see how the draft is going to shake up, and then what the Patriots are going to do, even if they get the number two pick. How does that affect the Patriots, and what do they decide to do? Yeah, and then you know, we've men- I'd mentioned this before on here too. What they decide to do if they pick at number two. It's probably a new GM. And, yep. you know, how does he feel about whatever quarterback is going to be available there? Assuming one of these guys, Mayer or Caleb Williams, goes at number one. Has he feel about the guy at number two? How does he mm-hmm. feel about the scouts that he didn't hire in their evaluations? Um, right. I think, right. especially with how many holes the Patriots have on this roster, I think trading down is probably a smart thing. I know those are hated words here in oh, New yeah. England, but... It's one of those spots you need a lot of ammo. And if you're in a quarterback spot in the draft and you don't like the quarterback on the board, trading down can net you a huge, huge return. I'm not a Drake May fan. I'd rather trade down the draft to Drake, Drake May. I'll tell you that right now. But if you can, you know, find a way to move down from, let's say they pick second to seventh, pick up an extra first next year and a second rounder in there and a second rounder this year type of thing for a move like that, whatever, whatever it would end up being. I think that's probably better for you. And you can still get, you know, some elite talent this year. If you're yeah. picking in the top 10, not Marvin Harrison Jr., but there are other really good receivers. Mm-hmm. And take a swing on the second round quarterback. Um, well, and that was, you know, I, I released my first mock draft on, actually on Thanksgiving. It came out and, you know, that's what I had them doing at number three. They trade down to 10, pick up, early an early second round pick and get a 2025 first round pick Mm -hmm. and to me those are the types of things where it's like you know i know you don't want to trade down i get it i understand we don't want to trade down as patriots fans we don't want to look at this and okay we're trading down because you want to draft the guy that's there but if you can get a haul like that then why not i mean look at yeah who, who was at three miami was at three they trade back to 12 with with Sam Fran to pick up three first round picks. And those like, first rounders, I think turned into Tyree kill and, and Jalen Ramsey for him. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Like, it's like, yeah. what, what are we talking about? You know, like, and then at yeah. 12, they drafted, um, didn't they draft Waddle at 12? Yeah. Or did they move sure. up to draft Waddle? I think they, way, it back and they moved back up. Yeah. Right. But either way, it's like, you know, you, you, you end up with Jalen Waddle. And it's, I mean, it's like, and like you say, yeah, you trade one of the first round picks for, for Tyree kill. Like, it, you you just you need more assets. You need yes. more assets, right? And, and I so I don't. Oh, that's right. Matt said, it, which he's right. They moved up to six. They traded a first round pick and moved up to, to six to draft Waddle. But nevertheless, they they traded their own first round pick and moved up. But but had those multiple first round picks and were able to do that. So I, I just yeah, it worked look, out well for him. It did. It did. And, and then, like you say, you have that other first round pick that you trade for for Tyreek Hill, and it's like, well, now you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the same team, and you feel like Tua is now good enough. So, look, I'm not saying the Patriots are going to turn it around that quick, but I am saying that, like, even if they end up at two, it doesn't mean they have to take it. They have to draft the guy at number two. You know what I mean? It just that that's 
that's one of the the things for me. Hey, and look, maybe Marvin Harrison's the guy. Marvin Harrison Jr. looks incredible. He looks like the best player I've ever seen. Like, he looks he, unbelievable. He, I, think, I think he might be the best player in the draft. And you know what? If you're if you're not sold on the quarterbacks and Marvin right. Harrison Jr. is there, there's a certain part of me that's just like take him. Don't overcomplicate right. it. They've messed things up here at points by overcomplicating it. Take a guy who might be a top ten receiver in the NFL the day he first day he stepped onto the field. And go from there. Because if you go yeah. out there and you keep the offensive line together, you sign a guy like Baker Mayfield and you draft uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., those those moves alone, plus keeping the band together, might be enough to make this a seven-win team next yeah. year and you're moving in the right direction. And then you go from there and you see where it takes you. 100%. And by the way, I shouldn't do this because I'm going to write no, about no. it. I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to tell you right now. All right. Trade a fourth-round pick. To the Chicago Bears for Justin Fields. Come on. That's so see, good. See though it's so the good. They're gonna have I the number one pick. They're gonna draft Caleb Williams. What do you get Justin Fields for? What do you need Justin Fields for? He's in the last year of his deal. Yeah. Like I I mean, what the hell? Give it a shot. Yeah. I don't you know. And then if you draft a quarterback, you draft a quarterback. But if you don't, you have a kid, yeah. you see what happens with him, give him a year. If he sucks, well then he sucks. And and you whiffed on him. But you get another top five pick and you're able to draft your quarterback the next year. Yeah. Well, and the, the other thing, too, that I would think about here is um, similar but not quite the same move. If you're picking at two and Arizona is at three and they want whatever quarterback is going to be there at two because they're ready to move off of Kyler Murray and you yep. can move back a spot and get Kyler, Murray get Kyler Murray and Marvin Harrison Jr. If you can find a way to make something like that happen, I'm in. I mean, I don't, I don't know how good Murray is. I think that's still up for debate here if he's a franchise guy. But, you know, you can get him without any of the bonus money attached and, and be able to cut him, and you're getting a, a former number one overall pick for a relatively cheap draft acquisition there and a receiver. You know, I, I don't know exactly what the structure of that deal would look like, but that's something I think you'd have to consider. That's a really if good the, point. I like if that. that is what it comes down to. Uh, I mean, look, you know, we're we're sitting we're sitting over here talking about you know draft draft strategy in uh, and it's you know not even not even December yet, so it's we're down bad. Patriots fans are down yeah. bad right now. Yeah, it's just it's, it's tough. You know, it's it's, it's really great. hard. It's not great, and you know, you're what we're looking at here are options for bridge quarterbacks, guys who can be a quarterback for a season while you figure it out. And if yeah. they're good, they're good. And if not, you were planning to move off of them at some point anyway. That's field. Exactly. That's probably what Murray is. Murray is kind of in the Jared Goff tier of guy who you're just taking because nobody yeah. else wants him, and you see if you can do something with him. Um, and you know, you you go from there. I I will say that we got one positive from today, and that's that. I think Ramondre has gotten better with each week. He started yep. off the year, I think, banged up and not looking great. They should, should at least have a. a running back one to feel good about going into next season. And that's not a lot. But no, I know. <laughs> and he'll be in the last year of his deal. And so they're going to have to make a decision about, you know, do they want to, do they want to sign him to an extension? Do they not? Like, what? you know, yeah. how are they, what are they going to do? Right. And so, um, but yeah. it's a decision that, that needs to be made at some point anyways. But yeah. knowing that you have a player like that for next year is, is certainly helpful. And look, you talk about the Texans, man. The Texans are doing it. Damian Pierce obviously is a rookie last year and has played okay, but he's been hurt a lot. And, you know, then you look at guys like 
Devin Singletary who's in there who was a cast away from the Bills and has been incredible. You know, yeah. so it's like you just don't know. You don't know yeah. how how things uh, are going. And, and KT, I'm glad we make no sense. So see you later. Thanks for coming through. Yeah. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but we'll see. Um, John's asking about the Eagles-Buffalo game. That's, it's a good game. It's only 7 nothing right now. And the pouring rain looks like in, in Philadelphia. But if I had to pick, I would say, if I had to choose that game, I would say it's probably going to be the Eagles that win that game. I think I, Eagles are I a agree. better team than Buffalo. Buffalo's um, so weak in the middle right now. Their, their linebacker room, I think, got decimated by injuries. And, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. You know, you know How about this? Field Gates just tweeted out, the Chiefs' last eight offensive drive has have totaled 150 yards. <laughs> Talk about a lull, dude. Jeez. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, I, got, I got two things here. One, um, the... The, we talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. We haven't yep. talked at all about the irony of him, uh, you know, dad's a Colts legend playing in New England of all places. And I, I had texted Pat this the other day, but I was just the hypothetical scenario of the Patriots draft Marvin Harrison Jr. And in two, three years, whatever it is, they finally land their quarterback of the future and it's Arch Manning. And you get Manning and Harrison together in New England. Oh, that would be really, really funny. And uh, would make some some people mad. I think it would be very funny to be Indy and you know the Giants in the playoffs with that too. That would be That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? That would be thanks coming to you, Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you I, know, just, I I remember I I got one other thing, and I'm gonna forget it if I don't say it now. Do it. I, do one, it. one of the things I'd gone said before the season, looking at the schedule, was that I kind of felt like the Patriots' division record is what was going to tell us about this team. I thought. You know, two wins or fewer, they're not a playoff team. Four wins or more, and they're probably in three wins, and they're yep. a bubble team. Yeah. We're looking at a scenario right now where the Pats might go three and three in the division, and those are their only three <laughs> wins on the season. It's <laughs> crazy. 500 in the AFC East, not a win outside of it. It's that crazy. Is, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that information. The NFL is weird, uh, but yeah. hey, at least... The, the schedule ahead too. At least we get we get a throwbacks game next week against the Chargers. The, the red red jerseys are back. Yeah, that's right. So that and that will be. I I'm guessing that that might be. You know, the Patriots win. That's probably the Brandon Staley gets fired week. If the if Patriots win that game, happen. I mean Brandon Staley's got to get fired. The Patriots win. Yeah, the that's Patriots that's a that that's one of those where he's touching down in L.A. and uh, cleaning out his yeah. his office oh, yeah. there. Steelers after that on a Thursday night. Which I'll Chiefs be at, at home. One. Chiefs at home on a Monday night yep. at Denver on a Sunday. So it's a one o'clock game against the Chargers, and then three primetime games, and then you get Bills and Jets to finish it out. Which yep. I mean, in theory, in theory, the Patriots can still go four and two in the AFC East, and I think that would be very funny. It would be, but then they'd have like the number five pick. All right, so who knows? Uh, well, but, it's not good for the future of the team, but you know, I. But can't, it would be funny. You're right. If they had, if they were above five hundred in the AFC East and they're only four wins of the season with those four games, and they finish four and thirteen, that'd be insane. <laughs> and that's you know, I I want like this team's bad, and I want them to have a high draft pick because I think they need it. But also, I can't get mad about them, you know, beating AFC East teams. I just can't do it. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, by the way, Alex Barth just tweeted this out, and so I will read this mm-hmm. to you. It is outrageous. He said, per pro football reference, there have been 110 instances since the start of the 2021 season of a team allowing 
under 62 or less than or equal to 62 points, 62 points or less in a four game stretch. 41 of those times, the team went 4 and 0. 51 of those times, the team went 3 and 1. 15 of those times, the team went 2 and 2. Two of those times, the team went 1 and 3. The Patriots have done that and they've gone 0 and 4. 62 points they've allowed in four games and they've gone 0 and 4. Well, and this is. The thing that in some ways, I think if we want to have a note of optimism here, the thing that should make you feel better is that in the last five games, here, six games here, every single game since that Saints won, it's been a one score game late in the fourth quarter. And the Patriots have had a chance and they just outside of the Bills game, they've been completely unable to execute. You know, there are, I mean, look at this, that's. One score lost to the Eagles, one score lost to the Dolphins, one score win against the Jets, lost to the Raiders, win over the Bills. Uh, Dolphins and second Dolphins ended up being two scores by the end, but one score to the Commanders, one score to the Colts, one score to the Giants. If you look back through Patriots history, you look at the 5 and 11 2000 Patriots that turned around and became a Super Bowl champ the next year. That team had a string of one score losses, they were awful in close games. And, you know, even with just some luck that can flip around on you, I think the Patriots have gotten, I think, I think this is genuinely a bad, bad Patriots team. I also think they're a very, very unlucky Patriots team, both when it comes to injuries and late game performance. And the late game performance, I think, has been a continuation of what they've done the first 55 minutes of the game. I mean, a lot of these are low scoring, ugly games and the offense never finds a gear and the opponent finds it once. And that's the difference. But you know, you make the you make the right moves this offseason and you can go from a two or a three win or a four win team or whatever they end up being this year to a seven, eight, nine win team. Just you get some things going in your favor and things change. Obviously, they can also bottom out and get worse. You never yeah. know. Well, it, you know, I, I think I think the whole the whole thing for me, right, is that it comes down to the quarterback you draft and the coach that you hire. Right. Yep. Because you look at look at the difference right now between Houston and Carolina. Right. Houston, Houston drafts CJ Stroud. They hire Tamiko Ryans. Mm-hmm. They're making a playoff push. Right. They lost today, but they played well against, you know, a good Jacksonville team. Right. OK, mm-hmm. fine. So, OK, then. You look at Carolina, who hired Frank Reich, a, a cast off from from Indianapolis. They draft Bryce Young, who hasn't looked good, and Frank Reich. I'm sorry, he's not a good coach. He's just not a good yeah. coach. You see some of the offensive play calling, you're like, what the hell is going on over there? And so, yes, of course, it has to do with getting the guys, but you also have to get the right coach in as well. Draft the right yeah. quarterback, hire the right coach. This is the biggest off season in Patriots history. Since, I I mean, I don't even know, you know, in in a long, long time, because this now is what's the future going to look like, right? And it's all on craft. And I think it's also important to note when looking at those two guys that the Panthers have, you know, their receivers are an aging Adam Thielen and Mm -hmm. Terrace Marshall, who I did not, I did not like coming out. I was not a fan of his and he has not played well. And the Texans got Nico Collins, who they've developed very nicely, and Tank Dell, who's been an immediate success. And right. the Panthers thought they had their left tackle and Aquanu, and he has not played that well this year. 
Yeah. And the Texans had a franchise left tackle. And I think just some of those differences, you know, I think it's, I think there's coaching and I think there's the actual quarterback play where Stroud has been better. But I also think the Texans have done a much better job around the quarterback position. And that's what makes me worried about the Patriots drafting a quarterback is that, you know, Stroud's going into a situation where he's got Nico Collins in there as a, as a developmental guy. The equivalent in New England is Tyquan Thornton. Does anybody think Tyquan Thornton's going to become what Nico no Collins has been no next year? No, that's not that's not happening. Yeah, Demario Douglas might be able to be a Tank Dell type guy, and you know, they got Dalton Schultz. I think you can replicate that tight end play, um, but you know you need to get lucky in there. That's you, you got to find your Nico Collins this year in the second round or the first round or wherever right. it is that you're going to go draft a, a wide receiver and. Um, it doesn't mean yeah. you can't sign someone, right? Doesn't mean no, you, can't you should sign also be someone as well. Also right? sign, yeah. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna have to be. I mean, it's there are so few players of this offense who I think should be back on this team next year. Yeah, because I think I think the thing that's become obvious too is not only are some of these players not good, the fact that some of these guys have been there for three different coaches and have seemingly not understood the offense at any point, or at least two different yeah. coaches. All right, it's not the coaching; it's that these guys, like Bill O'Brien he's not a perfect offensive coordinator and I have some issues with him, but he knows what he's talking about and he is a good teacher. If you got guys who have been NFL professionals who couldn't pick up what they were doing last year and can't pick up what they're doing this year, there's, you should have no reason to have faith that they're going to pick up what the yep. next guy is doing. You just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. I do have so, a quote here, by the way. Okay. Let's get it. This is from Jabril peppers in the locker room after the game on the hit on pop Douglas. Yep. Quote, it's just crazy. They preach all this player safety stuff, but that doesn't get flagged. But I've been fined maybe two, maybe two or three times for clean hits. So that pissed me off, too. They even looked up at the Jumbotron, and there was still no flag. But you can't say anything about the refs in this league. It is what it is. To me, that's a joke. You, you can't say you care about player safety and not flag that play. I think the last line is the most important one there. 100%. And, and it's important to remember the NFL doesn't actually care about player safety. Like, they don't. They can say that they do. They don't actually care about player safety. They, I'm sorry they care to tell about you, the appearance of player safety. That. And this is, and someone said this, and I, I so I, I'm going to take credit for it because I can't remember who it was that said it. But they said the NFL is making all of these ridiculous fines and calls for a very good reason. Because when they go to negotiate with the with the NFL Players Association, the NFLPA is going to be focused on these things and not on the things that the NFL actually cares about, which is playing more games and getting more money and doing. The, so the, the the players are going to say, hey, look, you can't keep finding us forty thousand dollars for hits that are no. legal hits. What are you doing? And they'll say, well, and they'll say, we'll get rid of that and exchange. We had next. No, that's yep. it. That's a hundred percent. It's a negotiating tactic there, and it's—I mean, it's—it's it's that cu coupled with the fact that it's also like they want to have the appearance of caring about it. They yeah. want to be able to say to any Correct. lawsuit that happens about player safety, right. or to any media person that says, "Hey, we did this thing," and you know, it's and the reality is most people are casual fans of the NFL, and they've never looked into this stuff, and they're going to say, oh, man, that was a brutal hit. And they're going to say, oh, they, he got fined for it later. They're going to say, oh, okay, that's good. The NFL is doing something, and they're not going to think right. twice about it. And yeah. that's the NFL knows that, and they're going to take advantage of that fact. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Um, so and, you know, JJ Watt's been on it all. Year. I mean, credit to JJ Watt. He's been on all year long. I'm glad, I'm glad he said. I'm glad he said something because I was watching some of these clips, thinking this is wild. But you know, I'm not an NFL player, and maybe maybe there is merit to some of these fines, and I'm just Watch not it. understanding it. But him coming out of that, it makes me feel more confident in my opinion yeah. that yeah. this is wild. By the way, the uh, Chiefs are down two scores to the Raiders mm-hmm. right now. It's going to be sure. one score in this stack, maybe, but probably um, not necessarily though. Hunter Henry, by the yeah, way, zero, that's... zero. Catches for zero yards today by Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. Let me tell o you. For o. I had I was writing up my prop bets column for Pat's pulpit. Yeah. And I had the over on Hunter Henry yards, and then I changed it at the last second to the over on Ramondre Stevenson rushing yards. And boy, am I glad I Bingo. did that. <laughs> by the way, speaking of that prop bets, you went one and one, and I went one and one. I oh. had the uh, I well, we are about this. I had the Miami Dolphins. Um, Anytime touchdown, Miami Dolphins defense. Anytime touchdown, <laughs> which wow. is outrageous that that hit on the I most insane that. play of all time. And then Keegan, uh, for you, last week had the uh, no to three straight scores by anyone in this game, in the in this Patriots game, which is like I seems like which was plus money by the way, which is complete insanity that that was plus money. Yeah. I love um, that. I uh, there were literally three scores all game. That, so yeah. like. <laughs> Going back to that Dolphins defensive score real quick. Yeah. Man, that might be the worst executed Hail Mary I've ever seen. Yeah. Because in the Hail Mary, it's not just like four guys running down for a jump ball. There's like positions in it and there's roles for where people are supposed to be. Yeah. And it's basically supposed to be like one guy who's going for the ball, one guy behind him to catch any deflection that way, one guy in front to catch any deflection that way, and then just like another guy in the scrum going for it. Yeah. And not a single player got near the football. No. And when Javon, Javon Holland catches catch. that, Javon Holland catches that football, the three basically the three fastest guys on the Jets are behind him in the yeah. end zone at the play. Yeah. Well, it's a lot easier to run that back when it's you versus the five most unathletic guys yeah. on the other team. Yeah. Like that's uh, it's just the, the the sheer incompetence there to not be able to run a basic Hail Mary. That's not on the quarterback. That's 100% on the receivers for not being able to make any play on the catch point. Sure. And I'll, credit, I'll credit Garrett Wilson for running, like I think, a total of 170-something yards on the play down yeah, to the goal line almost made the all play. the way back and almost Ben Watson did. But yeah. um, hilarious play. By the way, the, the Bills just took the lead against the Eagles, 10-7, and the Chiefs have third and goal at the one-yard line. So we'll see what the Chiefs can nice. do. But um, yeah, for, for anybody listening to this tomorrow, I'm sure you'll – that'll be that'll be in, or later on, you're going to hear the score yeah. updates. I'm sure you'll like that. Yep, yep. Uh, so anyways, all right, that's it. I can't talk about this game anymore, man. Yeah. I got to – we yeah. – look, we'll be back later on this week to, to I guess, discuss, you know, the Chargers, I suppose, and what they're going to do this year and all yeah. this crap. You, but you like, know – you know what we are going to do, Pat? For anybody listening, you see our, our Twitter handles there. Send us any mock yes. drafts that you do between now. Our show is on Wednesday night. Send us any screenshots of any mock drafts you do between now and Wednesday night. We'll uh, we'll take a look at some of the best ones. We'll pull them up on the show Wednesday night. And I think we're going to start doing this on the Wednesday shows. We'll start looking up mocks that people send in. I love it. I love it. Let's get the mock draft started early. Fire up the mock draft machine. Get yes. out there. Oh, I've got mocking. it. During this episode, Pat, I opened a, a tab of PFF to get the mock draft machine going after. <laughs> I love it. So good. It's so good. 
<laughs> and by the way, Freddie B's asking about Marvin Harrison Jr. He really is that good. He's a hundred percent that good. I promise he's you. Really, he's not yeah. just a possession receiver. He's fast. He's an yeah. incredible route runner. He's yeah. the best receiver you, in football, and it's you, not really close. And the only the only reason I think I'm I would be okay trading out of a spot where Marvin Harrison Jr. is available is because some of the other receivers in this draft also look freakishly good. Malik Neighbors is still the one that comes to mind for me down in LSU with what he's done with Jaden Daniels there. And you yeah. know, if you're trading back from two to eight and you can still get neighbors. Not that I think Neighbors is better than Marvin Harrison Jr., but I think if you could get, I, I would take Neighbors and additional draft picks over just Marvin Harrison Jr. Right, right. Personally, I think you that's up for debate. But um, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. time to get into some college film in the next couple of weeks. Not that's right. a couple months. I'm gonna be that's living right, living in that. So, so anyways, oh, Cardinals pick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yikes! That looked like a Bailey Zappy throw. Jeez. <laughs> The hell was that? It was behind Puka Nakua. It was behind even. I mean, I guess he was throwing a Puka Nakua, but that was behind where he even was. You know what the funniest thing I saw the other day was, Pat? What's that? This is during the Thanksgiving game. So, you know, the Lions golf looks good there, but that may be nearing. You know, it's ceiling of what he can do. And I was saying the Lions are a team that I think could win a Super Bowl, but they need a quarterback. They need, you know a gunslinger who can come in there and take the ceiling off that offense and be able to propel them into the future. You know who the Lions need, Pat? Matthew Stafford. <laughs> oh, Matthew Stafford. Like a, I don't think like Stafford's that Lions, guy anymore, but yeah, just a little bit, just for a little bit. That would, but that would be really funny if the golf Stafford trade, you know, reversed itself. That's crazy. Yeah. Just swap those two quarterbacks well, back and forth. So, um, but yeah. All right. Is that a show for us? That is it. That is it. I got to go. Jesus Christ, I got to go. Um, it's the way it goes. Okay, hold on. Uh, to Nagan in the chat saying, would you, with my thing, would you pass on Gronk for Hunter Henry in an additional draft additional draft pick? I believe Gronk was a second-round pick and Hunter Henry was a first-round pick. No? Or Hunter Henry uh, was a second? I think Hunter Henry was also a first-round pick. Uh, a second-round pick, I think. I don't think he was a first round pick. Hunter but Henry, Gronk was a second round pick, so every single team passed on Gronk once in there. Gronk is that a is prospect that's not even at all what Marvin Harrison Jr. is. That is that is correct. Uh, Henry was was taken thirty fifth overall. I believe that Gronk was like forty. Let's see, 42. 42. Okay. Well, how about that? Yeah. So Gronk got that? taken later than Hunter Henry. So I, I I understand the example, but I don't think those are the right people I would put in those spots. Right. And I think. Right. Uh, Hunter Henry is also kind of a was always kind of a, a no. I know. Tight end I, I, I get. Athlete. I get his point. Malik, right? His Malik, point is yeah. that his point the, is that I, you know he's that good, right? I don't know. No, no. And I and I I get the point. The reason I'm saying is that Malik Neighbors is like you know also very high up there. It's like right. a, he's like he could be a Justin Jefferson type guy, right. and. There have been a lot of scenarios. There was a surefire guy in the top 10 and another guy drafted in the teens who was questionable. And the guy in the teens ends up being way better. That's, you know, a relatively common occurrence. So, yep. Um, I, I also think, I also think it's wide receiver. Like if you don't have the best wide receiver in the league, but you have a very, very good wide receiver, it's one thing to have a crap wide receiver. If, if your wide receiver turns out to be very, very good and they're not the best player in the draft, well, that's still okay because your team, like you need, you have so many holes on this team. They need a lot of things. And so getting extra draft picks 
to take another to take another wide receiver that could be could also be very good. To me, isn't a bad thing. So yeah, anyways. and it's and I, it wouldn't be a bad thing to take Marvin Harrison Jr. either. Like I, I do course. think this is up yeah. for debate. Um, right. and it's not going to be mad if they take him. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. All right, that's our show. We're out of here. Uh, so yes, send us our send us your uh, mock drafts, and we'll we will look at them on the show on Wednesday, and discuss. And uh, I guess we'll talk about the Chargers and you know the uh, the ongoing tank. I guess is is what we'll call it. Um, the Brandon Staley effect. The ongoing tank that just yes. like I, I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you, I think the Chargers are going to find a way to. Freaking lose this game because Brandon Staley's so bad. Yeah. yeah, I've had I've had this one marked as like a sure win for a while, regardless of the records of the teams, oh, because it does feel like that kind of game piss everybody off. The Patriots win yeah. this game, um, but listen, and, and listen, this we talked about this, but like I've mentioned it before, but I can never root for the Patriots to lose. I was sick to my stomach when they lost the game today. Sick to my friggin' stomach when they lost the game. Number one, I wanted Chad Allen to hit it for him, but also because yeah. I want to see the Patriots win. But then as soon as the Patriots game is over, then you say, well, hey, at least they got the draft pick, right? Like it's just it's bad. And and this is this is this is as bad as it can be. Um, you know, as bad as it's been, certainly with Belichick for sure, obviously, right? I mean, this is a this is a team that hasn't lost 10 games since 2000. So, like, you know, they're just not I get it, then we might be uh might less be than a week, week away from that. Right, yeah. right. So, so yeah. But all anyways, right. all right. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And we will uh, be back with you on Wednesday night, uh, hopefully doing some mock draft content as well. Let's, let's do it. We'll see you guys.